0: Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is the Field Goals Podcast. I am your host, Dana O'Gorman. It's been a tough week for football people. We we had the tragic injury to uh, Hamlin this week, the beautiful and amazing reaction to that from the entire football world afterwards. But now we're starting to get a little bit back into football again, um, and that's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for some people, but We are sure glad that you joined us today. Now, I am really excited because I've been wanting to get this week's guest on for a while, but due to some scheduling issues and knowing how busy he is, I decided to go ahead and wait toward the end of the season. But I am thrilled. Someone you guys all know, everybody knows Joe. It is Joe Fan, our friend. He is a digital content and brand ambassador for WinBet. He's also a contributor over at Seattle Sports. Joe, thank you for taking some time and chatting with me.
1: Yeah, it's the pleasure is mine, Dana. I appreciate the invite. It's gonna be fun.
0: Oh my gosh, I love your insight on Seattle sports in general. To be honest with you, but we focus on the Seahawks today. But yeah, I'm really excited to get your thoughts on some of these issues that are kind of little hot topic debates going on on social media. So it'll be good. Now, before we start, obviously, um, I want to talk a little bit about Demar Hamlin. I wanted to say how great it was to get the news today that he is starting to come around the end, that he was um, squeezing the hand of his family. He was awake. Um, even in the great press conference today from his doctors, they said that they played a game of cards, which I'm telling you, but it just warmed me, but was the best part. You, you really understand how important football is to these guys because the first thing he asked was whether or not they won the game. I mean, it's just so ingrained in us, isn't it, Joe? I, I mean... This has been a tough week, but that was such encouraging news to me.
1: Yeah, it's the news we've been waiting all week for. And it's yeah. it's scary. And you knew how dire it was that it took, what, n- until Thursday, and almost 72 hours to get really any semblance of good news that, you know, he's he's going to survive, mm-hmm. it sounds like. Um, you know, still very critical, still very uh, serious in terms of the care and the rehabilitation process that is going to take, from what I understand, a really long time. but. You know what I love to hear was that his brain function it mm-hmm. seems to be intact, and that's always the big issue. When you know your body goes without oxygen, you know what's the impact of, of the brain going to be? And and luckily, uh, he was surrounded by an incredible medical staff who responded uh, in textbook fashion, and they deserve all of the love uh, that they have gotten already and will continue to get um, because they quite literally saved his life. Um, and I and so you know it's it's heavy and it certainly puts lots in perspective i think it the ripple effect will be immense throughout the league maybe not just you know today tomorrow this weekend but beyond of you know i think every dinner table of every family that is involved in the nfl will, will have a serious conversation about it and very think about the significant others and the families and say hey do we have to do this you know I, because I couldn't fathom that being you um, yeah. and it made it very real. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's very heavy. It, it's it's really hard to comprehend or, or even empathize properly, because uh, you're so far away from it. Right. But um, at the same time, the, the response has been great. Uh, I'm happy to hear that that things are trending in the right direction And you just kind of continue to pray that 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 upward trend continues. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think one of the greatest things that that has come out of this is the amazing support for Hamlin's charity. Um, It's up over $7 million. And I remember when they very first put that out, that this was his charity, it was his toy drive. All he wanted was $2,500. That was the goal. And I think it was just under that when they put it out there and it's up to $7 million. That is the generosity of the football and sports world. And oh, God love every single one of you guys who donated to that. I think that that is just amazing. So, so yeah. yes, nothing but love for him and his family. And we just hope to continue to hear good news every day. So, all right. So let's go ahead. Um, I want to talk. I, I, I want a little bit of background here um, maybe for people who don't know. Um you are quite the Seattle sports fan. You love all, all Seattle sports. Um you're a huge Mariners fan, is that correct? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Huge Mariners fan. Right. I knew that. And huge Seahawks fan. I love it. So where did your 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 Seattle fandom start? Like from your kid? Are you from Seattle so you've always been in that? I mean, where did it come from?
1: Yeah, I'm from Bothell, so I've been a oh. a, a 206 kid or a 425 kid my entire life. So you know, baseball was my first love. Um, you know, the, the the '90s Mariners teams were so fun. I loved hoops as well. Uh, I really fell in love with the Seahawks in the early 2000s with the Hasselbeck Alexander era. Um, I mean, I, it's 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 hard because, like, when you go into sports, and particularly sports journalism, um, your fandom sort of goes by the wayside. And I mean, to be honest with you, it's it's not that I, I obviously don't root against the Seahawks, but I'm not super emotionally invested. I'm very interested mm-hmm. um, given that I covered the team, but you know, I covered the Titans for one year. I covered the Niners for four and even. Oh, you poor thing. Times, yeah. <laughs> when you invest so much in covering another team, now it's different when you're on the team side, you're actually like incentivized to root for that team. Um, where when I worked for MBC sports Northwest, you know, it's, you have to be impartial and you can't be emotional about it. And I don't think you can do the job to the best of your ability while being emotional about it. And when I cover when i talk and write about the mariners for seattle sports i make it very clear like i i am a fan i am not ryan divish Uh, i am not a part of that beat i'm not shannon dreyer like i'm going to come at this from a more emotional standpoint and i don't think you can do that if you're truly on the beat so yeah now even though i'm not on the seahawks beat anymore i would say i root for the seahawks because all my friends and family are seahawks fans i want to see them do well like i root for the people in the building there's a lot of good people there like but i myself and when you compare watching a marriage playoff game and watching what the Seahawks do. I mean, it's just a different level of emotion. So, and, and I say that, honestly, I it's No, fun.
0: I love it. Yeah. You know, and
1: I, I'm not like, an, I'm not a closet Niners fan either. You know, like I, I <laughs> you're going to bring that, that on I,
0: yourself. Yeah. yeah oh, I mean, look everyone,
1: everyone, everyone, a lot of people think that, and that's okay. And, um, you know, and I love a lot of people there that I really care about and a lot of good friends I still mm-hmm. have, like some of my best friends, in the whole world still work there, whether it in sales or partnerships or whatever. So, You know, like I'm not actively rooting against them either. So it is sort of a weird thing where I'm very invested in terms of the watching and analyzing whatever. But uh, emotionally, certainly, I'm a a lunatic when it comes to the Mariners. Yeah,
0: I I guessed that from your from your Twitter
1: feed. I'm just saying, I just might guess that a little bit, right? I don't hide it well. No, for sure.
0: (laughs) You know, it is it is interesting when you start to cover teams. I I covered the entire NF. Sea West. And so you start to get to know them and you you feel differently and you can look at at it a little more objectively, which is exactly why I wanted to talk to you. Because there are some questions I think that need to be answered about the Seahawks in this season and going forward. And I like that objectively, um, you can look at it instead of, oh my God, we're going to win the Super Bowl. No, we're not going to win the Super Bowl. So we're going to go ahead and try and look at this somewhat objectively. So I want to start with this season as a whole, if you look at where your head was at with this team at the beginning of the season and where it is now, is has there been a big shift for you in any area? Have you been more impressed with certain groups? Have you been less impressed than you thought you would be? I know overall, for the most part, they have won more games than most people expected them to. But as a team, as a whole, has there been a big shift from what you've seen um, or what you thought you'd see at the beginning of the season to where we're at now going into the last week.
1: Yes, and it really just all comes back to Gino. And I would say okay. I was maybe even more bullish than most on Gino, but I can't even like really take a victory lap there because he's been so much better than what I expected. And I expected him to be you know, that true game manager. And I say that in a kind way. I think that moniker gets a bad rap because I think what I – game manager, I think, doesn't turn the ball over – Um, takes what's there, is going to keep you in games, but not necessarily the reason you're winning games. And and by and large, the reason why they've overachieved so immensely is that Geno has been a top 10 quarterback, and at times a top five quarterback in the entire league. He's a pro bowler this year. Nobody expected Geno Smith to be a pro bowler. And well-deserved, not like a sixth guy down the list because people keep bailing the week of, and now he's a replacement (laughs) and getting in. He is on the team as really the second best quarterback in the NFC throughout the entire season. You know, Dak was hurt a little bit, has had some issues with with turnovers. Uh, Kirk Cousins has had some really great moments, certainly with that Vikings team and the late game heroics. But Geno has been just as good as those guys. And look at all the teams, even playoff teams, who would would kill to have Geno on their roster. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at the full divisions. The NFC South would win the division if they had Geno. Uh, you could say the same thing about the AFC South, except for the Jaguars. I mean, so I would expect the Colts to have won the division. Now they had Gino this year. That's who I picked. Jets, yeah. the Patriots. I mean, you could go on and on and list a bunch of teams that, that Gino would have made better if not a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think all of my surprise or most of my surprise comes to Gino uh, comes back to Gino. And I, I'm just really excited for him to get a, a very well-earned payday, you know, and and one, you know, probably if he was honest with himself, he thought he was never going to get. And now he's going to get paid. I mean, it's going to be immense compared to what he had received really since his rookie contract. But you know, even as a day two pick, we didn't get much. So, right. yeah, I'm really just really happy for him because he's such am, a great story.
0: I am, too. And, and I love that. You know, if you if you were to look back over his press conferences and the things that he's said, you would think that he's thought he was this good all along. You know, he's got that great, like, I'm not surprised. This is how I play, you know, and I, I love that confidence without being cocky, I guess, is what I would call it. You know, he just believed in himself and what he was going to do. Um, and, and I think it's interesting, the debate that goes on within the Seahawks fandom, within the general football fandom of, is he going to be worth X amount of dollars? Is he going to be worth X amount of years? And to me, it drives me crazy because he has done nothing but prove he deserves a contract. Now, are we looking at a six-year contract? Of course not. You just, his age factors into that more than anything. But I do find it interesting that people... Are even putting those question marks on them, on him when he has done nothing but prove what he can do. And so it's a little bothersome to me that we still see people who are like, oh, the Seahawks better draft a quarterback with that first pick. And it's like, no, in my opinion, no. I, I just think I think that Gino deserves it. Do you do you think he'll end up in Seattle? Do you think that he will get a better offer from another team? Where where how do you think that's gonna play out?
1: I think he'll be in seattle in 2023 i think they'd be foolish not to use the franchise tag on him because exactly. at that point you can still work on an extension and at least it buys you through the draft um you know to figure out what your game plan is i don't think tagging him means you're not going to take a quarterback you know i'm very curious i think you know storyline one what do they do with Geno? storyline two what do they do with that first round pick you could argue those are flipped even and what do they do with that that denver pick I'm curious if John Schneider falls in love with the quarterback and he was in oh. love with Patrick Mahomes and he was in love with Josh Allen and this well, is going to be his first <laughs> bite at the apple, a top five pick and potentially getting the second best quarterback on the board, assuming Houston takes one. Um, and, you know, with John Schneider, it might be his favorite guy. You know, if they, if Houston takes Bryce Young and his favorite guy is Will Levis and Will Levis is sitting there at three, four or five, whenever they pick, it's going to be really hard for him not to take him. And then it's going to be really hard for any team to say no to that. Um, because of what a rookie contract at a quarterback position gets you in terms of your flexibility elsewhere around the roster but m- make no mistake gino is worth it i mean you mm-hmm. look at the the what's worth what, around 30 million just north of right 30 32 of the franchise tag yeah um i mean let me count one two three four five six seven eight nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. That puts him like in the 11 to 13 range in terms of highest paid quarterbacks. And he has played like that this year. Mm-hmm. Certainly Derek Carr at 40 million. Um, Kyler Murray at 46 million. Absolutely. Russell Wilson at 49 million. Absolutely. Um, Matthew Stafford still at 40 million. He's banged up. Who knows what he's going to look like next year. Kirk cousins at 35, Jared Goff at 33, Carson Wentz at 32 wow. Matt Ryan at 30 Ryan Tannehill's at 29.5 so mm-hmm. again Gino deserves to be paid like those guys based on what he's done this year being better than damn near all of them so yeah I, I'm very very interested to see what happens I just don't know if unless they know now I mean and then they get the third pick and they know John Schneider knows right now it's CJ Stroud I just we have to have him Then maybe you say you save the cap space and you start building around CJ Stroud and and whatever. But my guess is they're not gonna be that sure come middle of March when the the new league year opens and you have to have your tags placed at that point. So yeah, I'd be shocked if they didn't franchise tag Mm Gino.
0: I I don't mind the idea of a quarterback a little later, but you're right. John Snyder gets a player stuck in his head. It is impossible to get him out. You're absolutely right there without question. rest of the roster outside of Gino. Th- there's a couple of players that are either up for a contract or won't be under contract next year. Um looking at the the entire roster, both sides of the ball, who are the must-haves and who are the can-let-goes in your opinion when it comes oh. to some of these these players that are going to be gone and, and and or not gone necessarily but just out of contract. Let's see. I have a few. I think Um, obviously Gino is one of them. We have Puna Ford who, if you, if my listeners were to talk to you, they would say, oh, Dana loves Puna Ford. I do love Puna Ford, but I love Puna Ford. The person doesn't mean I have to love him as the player. Do you know what I mean? So I think that when you look at that whole roster, who do you see that Seattle has to hold on to?
1: Puna Ford, certainly a big one. Um, Mm -hmm. fan favorite, productive player, amazing draft find just hasn't been a fit in the scheme. I mean, very evidently. A lot of these guys, it just hasn't worked with, um, and and Puna Ford probably chief among them. I mean, he just he's been invisible this year. So yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he is gone. Rashad Penny, you know, if you can get him back on league minimum, you bring him back because you know who he is. You like the player, you like the person, you understand. You're not banking a lot on him, but at that point, he's a backup to Kenneth Walker. Um, certainly could do worse. Uh, Austin Blythe probably gone. You're desperate for a center. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gino, the big one, we'll exactly. see. LJ is gone. Phil Haynes probably gone unless the League own thing, and he's just a depth piece. Nick Bloor probably back. For uh, sure. As just kind of their, he's a locker room favorite, special teams ace. Uh, he's Drew what Lock's Luke Wilson the, used to one. be. <laughs> um, you know, I think Drew, Drew Locke makes it to free agency, and it depends what his market looks like. But I'm sure they would love to have him back as they continue mm-hmm. to sort of nurture and develop what they think is there. There's something there that they believe. There's something uh, to him. Marquise Goodwin, if he's back, it's like a, a fourth or fifth wave of free agency where they need a guy, but he's been well worth the 1200000 million they're paying him. Um, where else? Bruce Urban's probably gone. Tyler Opp probably is a, is a guy you bring back. Ryan Neal, probably a priority. I think so. Um, but he's going to be someone who's going to want to test his market and he's going to want to get paid, just like DJ Reed last year. Yep. Uh, they couldn't get him back. And he's thriving in New York after getting a big payday. Ryan Neal is worthy of getting paid. And he's yeah. made himself so much money over the last couple of years. Uh, Cody Barton's an interesting one. You know, and who knows what his market is. But again, having people in the building that you know, you know, you'd like him to be a backup and a depth piece. You know, it's so for the right price. He could be back. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the the biggest. Yeah. There.
0: Oh, for sure. And I agree with you on Ryan Neal. I would really love to have him back. And I don't know that I would have said that two seasons ago. But you can just see kind of the growth out of him and, and and what he has become. But I think you're right. Other teams have seen it, too, just like they have in some of those other players. So there might be a chance that he's gone. I think there's probably a good chance he's gone just because he'll take another deal from someone else. Um, yeah. yeah, I think the interesting thing about about Puna and some of those other guys that haven't fit into the scheme, it's almost like, are we going to change the scheme to fit the players, or are we going to change the players to fit the scheme? And and we'll have to kind of see, and we'll know very quickly what Seattle decides. The defense has really struggled this year, so it'll be interesting to see kind of where they decide to take that, um, which has been frustrating as hell for me because I love defense, and this year's defense has made me pull my hair out. So it's it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens with them, but yeah, the, it'll be. I think we're going to know that pretty quickly, which direction they're going to go with that.
1: The Seahawks defense has been bad for years now, and they got away with kind of the bend but don't break. What was it, last, last year? Last year, it was awful. They they somehow ranked 11th in points allowed, despite allowing the 24th most yards, or 28th most yards, sorry. <laughs> but they've ranked 22nd or below in yards allowed the last four seasons. Mm-hmm. So it's it has gotten worse each year. Uh, then now it's bottoming out where they're, they rank 24th in points allowed. It is interesting that you mentioned the scheme and they, they very clearly changed the scheme. And Pete mm-hmm. Carroll said during the year, you know, we've got to get personnel that fits the scheme. And I feel like his whole mantra, his whole career has fit scheme to the personnel to accentuate, accentuate mm-hmm. the strengths of the players that are on the roster. So it does seem a bit backward. Um, I'm very curious if they do stick with the scheme they've established this year. Uh, and it's again, that's another one of the storylines that, that you have mm-hmm. to keep track of.
0: Again, Yeah. Ugh, they have to do something for sure. Okay, in your opinion, how important is this draft to the Pete Carroll, John Snyder legacy? They, they were known for, they drafted very well at the beginning of kind of their tenure together, had some not very good drafts, although it would pick up a good piece here and there, but overall weren't the best, considered the best drafters, at least by the fan base. How, they nailed last year. Oh my God, last year's draft. Fantastic, right? So how important is doing that again? with these high, pick, high picks that they have and with the trades that they made to get them, how important is that to their legacy? Do you think?
1: Oh, it's vital. I mean, they haven't had a top five pick to use. And so you can't miss on it. I mean, especially mm-hmm. in terms of so much of the conversation about why the Seahawks are in this good, not great void is because they don't have enough blue chip talent. It's why they traded for Jamal Adams. And the, and it's always been, well, we're never in the top of the draft and that's where you find those guys. Well, now they're in the top of the draft and they'll have a second first round pick. And you know they are sort of limited in terms of what their cap space will be, especially if they if they tag Geno, um. And you can get creative, and and I, I think it's so malleable that that focusing really intently on cap, on cap space is sort of a fool's errand because of how cap creative DMs can be. Exactly. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's crucial. I mean, this this next draft will shape the kind of short to intermediate future of this team because they're loaded with what it'll be four picks.
0: Five mm-hmm, picks in like the
1: top eighty or something. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, it's a ridiculous number. I mean, it's, so yeah, the 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 assets are there at their disposal. They've just got a hit on it. And mm-hmm. this is their opportunity to um, again continue to I don't know. They, yeah, I think there was a valid narrative that they these guys aren't drafting well. You mm-hmm. know, and it's not just the first round picks. It's I mean, you can go draft by draft of entire classes that are mostly duds. So yeah, I mean this is a an absolutely vital offseason across the board for the future of this franchise. Well,
0: absolutely. And and you know, Pete's legacy that he's, I mean, let's be honest, you know, we don't have a ton of years left with Pete, and so setting them to them up for success after he he goes, that's going to be huge for him. And I, I would think that's somewhere in his mind. I would, I would hope to God that's somewhere in his
1: mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Certainly.
0: All right, so I have a couple rapid fire questions for you. Yes or yeah. no answers. All right, I'm ready. You can kind of, you can try to explain them if you want to. I might argue with you a little bit. All right, so here's the yeah. first one. Do the Seahawks make the playoffs? No. No. Okay. Even if they make it eight teams?
1: May I mean, that changes things. It changes certainly.
0: everything for everybody. It really
1: does. Yeah. Yeah, um, fair.
0: But if but they leave it as is, you say no.
1: I say no. Okay. Yeah. I think they're going to have an annoyingly hard time with the Rams on Sunday.
0: That wouldn't surprise me in the least. No, annoyingly hard time with Bobby on Sunday, probably. Yeah. All right. Do let's see. We already talked about Gino, about whether or not you think he'll be back. But do you think he wins Comeback Player of the Year?
1: It's, just, it's such a silly award to <laughs> give to Gino because he didn't come back from anything. Um, I would rather have like Most Improved for Gino. I mean, that's still a thing, right? So he deserves something, and <laughs> you know, and he's a, and he's a Pro Bowler, which is so he's getting the recognition, but I. Comeback feels weird because like what did he what did he come back from um, from being so, you know
0: second straight. I agree with you. Everyone talks about comeback player of the year, but he he yeah. just came back from having. To is there sit not a improved? I is I don't most think improved? Most
1: improved not on NFL honors? What well, should be <laughs> should be? Damn it!
0: But I want him to get something like you said, and so if that's yeah. what he's got to get, then more power like if he wins
1: it, that's great. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue, but right. it's definitely gonna be like uh, yeah. I mean he's not didn't come back from anything, but like sure. <laughs> but right. uh,
0: Oh my gosh. I, I, you're the first person to say that. And I'm like, yes, that is, I agree yeah. with you. All right. Is Quandre Diggs on this team next year?
1: Oh, yes.
0: Hmm. That was a good answer in my opinion. All right. Is Jamal yeah, Adams? I, just, uh, it, I,
1: I don't know how you can sign him. I, mean, I guess I got to look at the contract.
0: No, I mean, That's it would cost well, him some but, dead money, but why, I think he's got to be there one more year. you're going
1: to sign him one year ago, why would you cut him now if you're, if you're thinking next year's team should be better than this year's team? What is it? What is it? Where does it get you to cut him? Mm -hmm.
0: Um, And I look at it like this too. He had an injury similar to what Tyler Lockett had when he broke his leg. And I try and keep that in mind. It was at the end of the season. Tyler was not himself that next season. He, had, he said flat out it took him a full year to really feel healed. I feel kind of the same with Quandre this year because as the season's gone on, he's looked a little bit more like himself. So that's what I'm kind of. I agree. For.
1: You've got yeah. enough holes on the roster. Why would you create more and right. take on a bunch of dead cap by getting rid of, you know, one of your leaders in the defense? So, yeah, yeah I, I say yes, he'll be there.
0: Awesome. What about Jamal Adams?
1: Yes, also will he be there.
0: Joe, you're my new favorite guest. Okay. Um, Is Pete Carroll still head coach in two years? No. You don't believe the five-year plan?
1: I don't know if he'll be the head coach next year.
0: Oh, Joe, don't do that to me. It makes me lightheaded. Okay, so (laughs) it just makes me nervous. New coaches, are so scary to me. I don't
1: think there's any guarantee with someone who's on the other side of 70.
0: I think
1: think it's going to be a year-to-year approach of him evaluating the offseason do I want to continue to do this? You know, when it comes and it's not to say, I think it's, it will obviously be hard. Whenever he does step away, it'll be a brutally hard decision for him. But, but reality hits all of us. And when you've got grandkids, family, other things, pursuits, you might want to, to enjoy and not spend 60 hours a week, you know, at a facility, not really seeing, you know, it's, it wears on you, and I think there's been moments this year where I've seen on the sideline or listened yeah. to press conferences and said, "Man, he just seems tired."
0: Tired. Yes, I um, agree. His
1: and I don't say that as like an insult to Pete. Like mm-hmm. again, the fact that he's still doing it is mind-boggling. Um, and he still he still loves it and can and can build culture and is so beloved by players. All of that, I mean, is still really impressive. But I think his legacy is intact. I don't think he's anything left to prove. Would mm-hmm. he love to to rebuild this thing back up and win another Super Bowl? Absolutely. But I don't think it's. I don't think it's guarantee.
0: Yeah. Um. All right. Does Tyreek one win defensive rookie of the year?
1: No, it's going to yeah. be sauce.
0: It is. And it's because he's in New York. Don't get me started. I'm telling you, I will get just too much about that.
1: But yeah, I mean, DK Metcalf had what one catch last week. Fair. It's fair. They're both incredible. Yes, right?
0: I get it. I get it.
1: But yeah, New York draft stock. Yeah, uh, name recognition coming out. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of that is every tiebreaker will go in favor of mm-hmm. of Ahmaud Sauce Gardner.
0: And to be honest with you, I I was lucky enough to interview him at the draft. And uh, he's kind of a cool kid. So I get it. You know what I mean? He's just that personable kind of a kid.
1: It was cool to see the picture of all of them on the field, you yeah. know, when they're trading jerseys and stuff like that was like
0: that, too. All right. But does Kenneth Walker win Offensive Rookie of the Year? And if you say no, I want you to tell me who is.
1: No, I think it's gonna be Garrett Wilson. I think Kenneth really? Walker started late. He got hurt in the middle. Um, you know, Garrett Wilson, for who he has had to to play with quarterback wise,
0: well, that's a good point. His time.
1: numbers are incredible. I mean, seventy four catches for a thousand yards, got four touchdowns, still with a game to go, and that's with Joe Flacco, Mike White, uh, and um, Zach Wilson.
0: That's that's fair.
1: That's and fair. I think even second, it would probably be Chris Olave before
0: really well vegas disagrees with you because right now kenneth walker is at the top of that so
1: is he he the favorite yeah i don't really get nine touchdowns are big i i would lean uh i would lean garrett wilson just because of how good he's been on how bad a team with how bad a quarterback play granted i would love to see kenneth walker play and he's he's a stud so Mm -hmm. i don't say this again i'm not rooting against him i'd love to see it but for my money given what he's had to overcome with, yeah. you know, wide receivers are so quarterback dependent to have a thousand yards, your rookie season with that. Mm-hmm. I LeBron get it. James J.R. Smith meme.
0: Uh, <laughs> 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 it's true. I'll give it to
1: Garrett Wilson, but hopefully Kenneth Walker does win it. That'd be great.
0: That would be great. All right. And I think this is going to be your favorite question to answer that I'm going to ask you as we wrap it up here. Are yeah. the Mariners going back to the playoffs next year?
1: Oh, man.
0: The postseason, they don't call the playoffs, do they? They call the postseason. I'm not a huge baseball baseball fan, so please forgive me. But yeah,
1: I use them synonymously.
0: Okay. (sighs) I look like, yes, they should. They should. They should. (laughs) Yeah. It's
1: just the American League is tough. And I don't think they have gotten better in the way they think. They probably think in the building they've gotten better. You know, Mm. they're banking so heavily on the development and progression of guys already there, you know, full year of George Kirby, full year of Luis Castillo. And don't me wrong, it should be immense, but everything else they've done this off season is just kind of incremental improvements. Now there's still six weeks before pitchers and catchers report. Um, and things oh, can still happen all, during though. spring training, but already. yeah, I I'm excited, but I, I, I think they could have done more and that's frustrating. Yeah. But my answer Uh, would still be yes. They should.
0: They should. I'm telling you, the life of a baseball fan. I've never met fans more tormented than a baseball fan. Hockey fans like to act like they're they're tormented. Football fans act like they're tormented. But it's a baseball fan. That is killer. 160-some games you have to suffer through. I feel for you. I do.
1: Mariners fans. If you're talking hockey, Leafs fans, they're pretty tortured.
0: They are. That's
1: fair. (laughs) Yeah. And I hope so. Browns.
0: I don't know. <laughs> I <hope so. laughs> That's awesome. Joe, I appreciate it so much. Um, let everyone know how they can find you on Twitter because you're one of my favorite Twitter follows.
1: Yeah. At Joe underscore fan. Um, follow easy. me. Appreciate you. If you don't yeah. appreciate you as well.
0: <laughs> Feel free to argue. I appreciate with you, you having
1: with me. me. This has been a lot of fun.
0: Oh, my Just God. It has been so much fun. All right.
1: And it's been a blast. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. That is my show for this week. I will be back again next week, but make sure you always check out Field Goals. Make sure you subscribe because Dan Veans will do a pre and post game um, after every Seahawks game. So we'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye-bye.